This is Lynn from Pickleball Fire. On today's show, I'm talking with Kyle Snay, who is a U.S. Pickleball Association ambassador and is known for his flashy outfits on the court. Kyle talks about what it means to be a pickleball ambassador and gives some great tips on what beginners should be doing and how intermediate players can move up a level. Enjoy the show, and let's get to the intro. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast. Today, I have Kyle Snay. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Lynn. Nice to be here. Well, tell me a little bit about what you did sports-wise before you started playing pickleball. Well, a lot of my life was spent playing tennis. I grew up playing tennis at the, where I grew up in a small town in Iowa. The, uh, the town courts were just literally at the end of our property line. So it was like having my own private courts. And I started playing there at a very young age and played through high school and continued playing in you know, college and and afterwards, and, and then when I was in college, I got into a little bit of racquetball. And then I was living overseas for a few years, spent uh, about four years in Kuwait, continued to play tennis, but then I got into squash and some badminton. Uh, so I've been involved with the racket sports pretty much my whole life. And that's kind of where it all started. And then I did play softball, fast pitch, and I pitched. And so I wore out my shoulder to pretty at a pretty young age. And I tore my, I had a labral tear about 11 years ago. And after that, you know, it healed, but there was scarring tissue and I didn't have full range of motion. So my tennis days were over and I was just kind of walking around, not really much to do. I was still in my gym, but I couldn't really throw a ball anymore and stuff like that. And then I was just at our local community center. And there was a flyer up about, Hey, learn to play pickleball if you want to have fun. So yeah, I went and checked it out and I could swing a paddle. I said, this I can do. That was several years ago. And that's kind of all where it it took off. My shoulder finally gave out about two years ago. I had it fully replaced. So it took about seven months to to rehab it and get the new one going. But that was a night and day difference. And then I had full range of motion and I could really start playing the game. It's been going great ever since then. So that's kind of that in a nutshell. You sound like you've got quite a history with the racket sports. And I know my background is in racquetball too. What do you think is the big difference between other racket sports and pickleball? Well, I think tennis has the most transfer, you know, but what's nice about the sport is you don't have to have any crossover from any sport to play. My wife, she plays, this is the only sport that we've ever been able to play together because this one has a much lower learning curve easier learning curve. Unlike tennis, where you're doing a lot more running around as well, um, pickleball doesn't have that sort of a requirement. And it can be as competitive or, or as casual as you want. So I think tennis, a lot of the way that we often describe it is that you're you're kind of like 90% there if you've got a tennis background, but that last 10% can be a little brutal. You know, there's no serve and volley. And what you're expecting the ball to come off your strings, there are no strings. And so you have to make that kind of an adjustment. But racquetball, uh, again, yeah, there's very similar mechanics in the strokes in some of those strokes. And it's kind of, you make it what you want. You don't, there's not like one consistent stroke that I'm finding in pickleball. It's whatever people are coming over from like the table tennis players. You can tell when they're up at that, you know, that non-volley uh, zone line, the kitchen line, um, you can kind of see, you know, some of those table tennis strokes coming in play. And then others who have, no experience whatsoever. It's really cool seeing how their strokes develop. There was one guy that I was playing with this past summer. He just, 
you know, came over from nowhere. So he was just trying to decide which hand to use. He came out with two paddles in one paddle in each hand, trying to figure out which one, which hand to use. And he was the ambidextrous. So he could actually make it work either way. So, you know, it's, that's, what's really kind of cool about the sport. There's not a consistent method in terms of where this, where you kind of cross over from. And what's also really cool is that it doesn't even have to be a, a racket or a paddle sport. You know, some of the um, players that I play with, like the five O low and the advanced levels, they're, they came over from soccer and I was like, wow, soccer. And I mean, they're really good. So I was actually talking to uh, one of my friends and um, saying, well, where, where's the connection with soccer? And she explained it. Soccer is all about angles. It's about, you know, the angle that you need to calculate to get the ball by your opponent. So that's all a pickleball is too. And that's kind of where it clicked. So it's like I said, it's really cool when you start talking to players where they came over from and how they picked up the game. I think that's really great for the audience to hear on Pickleball Fire because there's a number of beginners who, you know, come to the website and I think sometimes they're hesitant to get involved, especially if they haven't played a sport. But I, I agree with you in that whether you've played a sport or or not, it just seems to all work in pickleball. Yeah. Um I would only think that if you're new and you really want to get into it after you have, you know, chance to play around with a little bit. I mean, my, my advice is if you can find a lesson somewhere from someone who's either an instructor or an advanced player that can kind of like get you on the right path for some of the base, the mechanics of the game, the fundamentals, because that way at least you can build from a fundamental perspective and, and go forward versus if you teach yourself, and then you realize you might pick up some bad habits that you have to come back and correct later on. But, you know, it's just not even about people who don't even play sports. You know, it's, it's for any age, literally. Um, a couple of years ago when I was working from home and I had my lunch hours off, I would go to the community center where they had seniors come in that they were bringing seniors in to teach the game. So I was teaching them how to play. And, you know, some of those seniors, it was a small group that started off with. And maybe six or seven people. And they showed up on the first day. And a lot of them hadn't done anything active in years. And they had these self-perceived limitations, right? Like, I'm not going to be any good or I'm not sure what to do. And, but, you know, you put a paddle in their hand. And, you know, within about five minutes, we're starting to hit the ball around. And you can start, you know, you see the smiles start to creep on their face. And they're starting to laugh a little bit because they're making a little mistake. And then their friends are making mistakes and so forth. But then it, they're just getting the ball back and forth. You know, you just kind of, the, the light bulb kind of clicks. It's like, hey, you're actually moving around and you're active, but you don't even really know it because you're just having fun. And what was really cool is that at the community center, there's a walking track, you know, like that goes around the top. And that's where the se- a lot of the seniors will walk and get their activity. But they would stop and look down at our group, right, that was learning to play pickleball. And they was, well, what's that all about, right? And then, so as the weeks went by, we went from like, you know, having six people up there to having several courts full of players show up because the players that start off were telling their friends, you got to come and do this thing that I'm doing. Right. And try it out. And the people that were walking around with all that looks a lot more fun than walking around in a circle. So it's just not even about having, you know, your athletic ability or lack thereof. It's, it's really age, you know, agnostic as well. Any age can learn to play this game. Is in terms of your involvement with pickleball, I understand. Are you a ambassador for pickleball too? Yes. Yeah. I've been an ambassador for a couple of years. Um, it's, it's basically, it's a volunteer position. Your, your role is to kind of serve as a resource in your area for uh, the sport to help promote the sport. 
in whatever way you can, whether it's working with new players or you have people who are in the area coming from outside the area that are looking for places to play. You, you, to be honest, you, I'm just doing anything else I would normally do, but it's just, you know, my role as the ambassador is more of an official role in that way, but I was doing it anyway. Um, I just enjoy playing the sport and being around people who play the sport. So it was a, it was a pretty easy, you know, position to take or, or to apply for. Yeah. So there's ambassadors all over, by the way, you can apply to be an ambassador through the, you know, the USA Pickleball Association. So if you like playing the sport and you like being around people playing it and promoting it, like I said, it's a, it's a great program to look into. I'd highly recommend it. And do you need to be a particular level to become an ambassador? No, it's more about, like I said, your willingness to, to help others, right? Um, you do have to have familiarity with the sport, of course, but it's more about, you know, why are you, why, what do you like about the sport? Why do you want to be an ambassador and so forth? And that's really how it begins. But, you know, it's, and then you have access to resources to help you know, promote it in your area. Like I said, uh, if you go to the USA Pickleball Association website, you can find it out pretty quickly and get more information there. But yeah, it's a really cool program and how many people are involved in it from that level. One of the things I notice when researching folks to come on the Pickleball Fire podcast is I notice a few pictures of you and I think you had on some very colorful outfits. Is, (laughs) (laughs) Is that your normal attire? For pickleball, yeah. Uh, outside of pickleball, no, no. Um, and I don't, to, Lynn, I, to be honest, I don't even know how it kind of got started. I When I started playing, I played and I was matching my, I don't know, shorts and shirt or whatever. And and one day, I think I for an event, I wore, you know, just a Superman outfit, a shirt and so forth. But anyway, people would just smile and or compliment me, say, I like what you're wearing or whatever. That's kind of how it all began. I just figured, well, you know, people are smiling or you make someone smile for the day while you're playing pickleball, you know, that's even a bonus. And so then I just started paying more attention to what I was wearing on the court and I would have make sure, you know, my shirt was matching my shorts and I said, well, then I might as well match what my socks are going to be on. And then, well, you got to have matching shoes. Right. And, uh, and then I always wear headbands cause I sweat so much. So I put the headband on and then I got my watch and, wristband and stuff like that. And then started all kind of coming together. And then I would just show up, like I said, whether I'm just playing rec play with friends or at a new location or in a tournament, you know, I would just, that's what I normally dress like, but it was kind of cool. I'd be at a tournament, people who I didn't even know would come up to me because they would see my photos like on Facebook and they said, listen, you know, we, I've never met you, but I've seen your photos. I just got to say, you just make me smile whenever I see your your pictures and what you're doing and so forth. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, I don't get paid to do this and I, I have to pay for my clothes, of course, but yeah, I just, you know, if I can make someone smile and we're playing pickleball at the same time, I mean, more power to it. That's, you know, there's worse things that can be happening. So yeah, my, um, Oh boy, this past summer I did overhaul my closet and I moved my home office into a different room. So I had a much larger closet. So I put everything into that closet. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty big to be honest. Um, I either have to knock out a retaining wall or figure something out else if I want to add more clothes, but that is what it is, Lynn. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, your, your clothing is a lot of fun, but let me, let me move on to something that I know is a challenge for some people playing pickleball or, or maybe who aren't playing pickleball due to, due to COVID. How has that affected your approach to the game? Well, actually it was cool. Maybe a couple months ago, I think it was the New Yorker 
uh, magazine had an article about pickleball, how it was actually a COVID-friendly sport because of the way that the game is set up. And I think a lot of the communities when COVID first broke out, you know, there was a reaction like, well, we got to shut down and, and until we get this figured out. And it was, I think, the right call to make because, but as the summer, you know, arrived and the warmer temperatures arrived, we were going outside, things started to loosen up quite a bit. I think as long as a lot of things with COVID, you use common sense, right? Uh, pickleball is a, is a very easy sport to adapt to in the COVID environment that we're at today. What we've started seeing now, I mean, like I said, I had several tournaments that I was flying to this past spring and the summer, and they all started getting canceled and so forth. And, but now, you know, over the past couple months, we've started the tournament starting to prop, you know, prop up again under, again, COVID guidelines where you show up, you're in the facility now and you're wearing a mask until you're out in the course and playing and so forth. They're restricting access to the number of um, visitors who can come and watch and so forth. But to be honest, it really hasn't affected the way that I've been able to play lately in terms of my rec league, you know, and just playing. Um, but I think what it is, is these communities where we've always used to play in the wintertime, like here in Minnesota, we play indoors. That's kind of a transition. And a lot of those places are still figuring that out. My community center, they've limited it to only 16 people. We used to have six courts, you know, and yet I could have people waiting. Now they've, you know, dropped it down to starting with only four courts and only 16 people can be in the gym for that particular night to play. But uh, we do know that it'll probably grow a little bit from there. So I just think that, yeah, with like I said, with common sense, I don't think COVID's going to have that much of an impact now that we know how to adapt to it from a pickleball perspective. As I mentioned before, I think that a number of people in my audience are just starting out with pickleball. And we'll assume that, you know, they're beginners, they're getting on the courts, they're playing. What tips do you have for them when they're starting out? Oh, well, one, you got to have fun. I mean, that's really what this is about. Very few people that I know are actually making money in this. And there's millions of people that are playing. And that's what the game is all about. You got to have fun. And if you get to that point and cut yourself a break when you're out on the court, right? Then it's just like I said, um, focusing on what you can do. Don't try to do everything at once. It is a, a, a more shallow learning curve than a lot of sports. And you're not having to run around as much, especially if you're playing doubles. So go out there you know, with some friends or, you know, if you get the opportunity to do an introductory, you know, session or a clinic or whatever, do that. Uh, play the sport, learn the basics of the rules. Um, but what's so nice about this, I think that, yeah, it's great for physical activity, but I think it's the social dynamics of the sport that just makes it as important or even more important in like in the long-term run, you know, about how we play the sport. But like I said earlier, if this is something that you want to keep doing, right? Um, if you have the opportunity, Take a lesson from a coach, from an instructor to get the basics down in terms of the, the proper stroke mechanics, because I think that your game will progress uh, more quickly that way. Because once you understand, again, how to properly hit a, a stroke like a forehand or a backhand or understand what to do up at the, at the kitchen line, then it's just a matter of going out and playing, you know, and, and reinforcing that. But like I said, it's, it's really about having fun because this game can be as casual or as competitive as you want. You can kind of do with it what you want. Uh, what I love about it is that when I'm out there playing, you know, we're out for, and I'm playing with my friends, right? And we're out for blood for every point. But when the point's over with or the game's over with, we're laughing and we're, you know, we're talking and stuff like that. And that even happens in tournaments, of course, as well. 
So um, there's not a time where I don't think where I ever play where I'm not laughing or we don't laugh during the game because of a weird point, you know what I mean, or something that happened. So it is about having fun. So I think if you keep that on on the forefront, and you know, the game kind of works its way out from there. You had mentioned earlier in the interview that you were planning to travel out to a few tournaments this last summer. How much more competitive is it in a tournament? And should people who have just played like a year or so, should they consider tournaments? Yeah. So I think really one of the things you're going to start to develop early on is what they have. You know, there's a rating system for pickleball where you start off and you can go online and, you know, see what those ratings are. And it starts off like as a 1.0 where you've never really picked up the paddle and you don't really know much about the sport. And it goes up in increments of 0.5, you know, 1.5, 2.0, 2.5. There's 5.0, which, you know, um, which for years was the top. And now, you know, they kind of talk about the 6.0 level, which is the pro level and a 5.5 plus, because there's just so many players coming into the sport that you can't group them all into a, you cap it as a 5.0 system anymore. So I think what's important with the tournaments is usually tournaments are going to put you in based on your rating. So you have to have an understanding of what your rating is. And if you're newer to the sport, you can go online and look and, and look at a sheet, which is the rating system. And it's just going to outline, okay, if you're a 2.5, here's the skill that you should have, right? Or if you're a 3.0, here's what you should be able to do with your, your strokes and so forth. And a lot of it is more about consistency awareness. Once you have an understanding of what skill rating you're at, that kind of determines where you're at going to be for a tournament. And the tournaments can be something that's a very local tournament where you just kind of show up, you register, and it's, you know, you just, it's more about having fun and, and it's casual versus some of the tournaments that are larger, right? There's, they are what's called a rated tournament where you have a, a rating and the based on your results that will affect your rating. So let's say you were a 3.5 player and you went and played in a, in a tournament that was a rated tournament based on your results. If you did really well against the other 3.5 players, your rating would go up, right? Or it could go down. So that's a kind of a difference between a non-rated and a rated tournament. And then like the larger ones where they're like a USA pickleball sanctioned tournaments. Well, those are of course rated tournaments, but then your results carry or they have a heavier weight involved in, in terms of how it affects your rating. Um, and then you can take that, you know, to very large tournaments where there are thousands of players who sign up in a very short amount of time to play in one tournament. And like the, the two largest ones um, from a national level would be nationals, right? Which is typically in the fall and the U S open, which is typically in the spring. And they have regional tournaments, you know, that kind of feed into that. So if you're into the, that tournament sort of mode, or you like, you want to get into the tournaments, you know, the sky's the limit about what's out there. Like I said, start off with a smaller local one, but you can go to um, pickleballtournaments.com, for example, and do a search on what tournaments are in your area and get all the information about it. Uh, what I like about tournaments, to be honest, is the social aspect of it because you meet so many people in this sport. And when you're at a tournament, you're meeting people that you know, not them directly, but you know them through someone else that you played with, or they know you because of, you know, where uh, someone that you might've played with and so forth. And, and you just kind of build on those relationships and it's just really cool how that happens. So that's what I like about tournaments. I mean, yeah, I'm there to win and have, you know, and compete, but it's more about, you know, my time outside of the, outside of the court. I just like meeting people and getting to know people. So yeah, definitely take advantage of tournaments. It's a great way to, to build your skill set and meet new people and just have fun doing it. 
I've got one last question before we finish up. In the Pickleball Fire audience, I do have quite a few intermediate players also, probably three, five-ish. What would you say is a key thing to move up from that level to 4.0 or 4.5? Consistency. (laughs) And to be honest, consistency is really what it's about as you move up through all the levels. Yeah, there you will have some more advanced strokes and so forth. But you know, how consistently can you do, let's say, a third shot drop right from the baseline, or how consistently can you make a drive or do your dinks and so forth? That's really what a lot of it is. Um, and also, you know, the three point fives. You know, they got the term the bangers, right? The people who just really come in and they're just going to really drive the ball hard, and they don't do the control yet because I think the control is a little more, you know, more takes more time to master. Um, so I would say that it's really about the consistency and be, and then you build in your control game. Right. And you realize that, you know, at a, at a three, five levels, the points kind of end somewhat quickly, but when you get into the four O's and the four fives, those points can go on longer and longer because the people have the consistency to keep the ball in play. And then they're just waiting for the opportunity to, to make a move to try to end the point, right? But because people can keep the ball low, for example, at the higher levels, the ball, the point's going to go longer and longer. So, yeah, I would say it's more about the consistency, the, the shot selection a little bit. You say, why did you make this shot versus that shot? Or where were you on the court versus where you might have, um, should have been, you know, for that shot? But that's really, I would, um, like, I think when you look at the consistency of the, of the strokes is what differentiates a lot of those skill sets. I think that's great advice, Kyle. And I really do appreciate you being on the show today. Well, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. This is a lot of fun. I will talk pickleball all day, Lynn, to be honest, that and what to wear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again. Yes. You take care. Stay warm. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. I hope you liked today's show. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to hear new episodes. 